guess one of the things I'd like to talk about tonight is the process of expanding into spirit. And I really enjoyed the meditation. It's really fun for me. Every class, every time we do the meditation, it just all unfolds for me right in the meditation. And if you really pay attention to the meditation and allow yourself to expand into the greater awakening inside, you might even really know what we're going to talk about the whole night. Because it really takes place during meditation. And that door is open. And then the rest of the time is a way to keep the door open, to share about those techniques and tools about how we can do that, and how we can really live our lives more in such a way that we can experience that greater expansion into that movement of loving into the divine. This meditation this evening, for me, was a nice experience of always another step, of always another level. Because quite often I find myself just sharing about the mind, the emotions, and the body and how to move past that into an awakening to the soul that we are. And every now and then, like this evening in the meditation, it's nice to also be reminded of that next step. Well, then what? Once we awaken to the soul that we are and we wake up and know that truth, then what happens? What's the next part of the journey? There is another step. The next part of the journey is now, once again, just like in meditation where we go in and up, and then when we're here, we also look into and go up through the astral causal, mental, etheric, and into the soul realm. And then in soul, we once again go in and up, and we begin to look up into the realms of spirit to begin now that greater journey of the soul's journey now back into the heart of God. And it was really interesting because this evening when we were doing that, we said now begin to look to that greater light, and allow that light of loving, of God's true, pure love, to lift you, the soul that you really are, that divine spark, back into that greater oneness with itself. That in that is as I was speaking that, I was aware of this movement within me that really stretched me. I really felt this expansion take place. And in that expansion, I became aware of literally, it's almost like I could feel a physical type of sensation of an energetic stretching to really go beyond and to expand into that which is beyond what some people call your comfort zone. But it's not even that. It's beyond that. The comfort zone is still the realms of time and space. The greater expansion, there is no boundaries. There is no limitations. There is no comfort zones to stretch into. It is simply in those realms an expansion of consciousness, a true experience of moving into that greater fullness and oneness in that ocean of love and mercy, which is God's pure being. That's a whole different journey than the journey to the soul. And now I'm in a funny place because as I try to now talk about that, I'm at a loss of words right now. And I just love it when that happens. I really have no clue at the moment what I'm going to be saying. But one of the things I hope to get across, and I always enjoy in acknowledging my own personal process, that as I do that, that you get to, even in seeing my process, maybe become aware of your own. Because right now, just as in the meditation, I experience this expansion in that stretching of awakening into yet a greater level that was unknown to me. And here I am, trying to be in that presence, to expand, to find words, to share in such a way 
that in that expansion, I could even feel this level of warmth, of like an embarrassment type of a thing. And I realized those are the types of limitations that I just placed upon myself in whatever way, that it is up to me to begin to move beyond those limitations. And so as I continue that journey inside to expand and to move into the greater oneness and spirit, that it begins to push away, it begins to dissolve, begins to stretch all those barriers that are inside of me that have been placed between me and God, truly placed between me and God. And in all ways, in a sense, the world has put these upon us, but at the same time, we have chosen into those experiences. And it is by that freedom of choice, of choosing into the realm of time and space and all that goes with it, is how we come into this world to learn through our experience. And it's simply the same process of freedom of choice. Just as we've chosen to come into this world, to learn what comes with this world, to experience and all that goes with that, it is the same process now as we begin to turn from this world and turn back into the realms of spirit. That is, we now make that choice to travel the inner journey into that greater experience inside. That in that choice now, we begin to move into the greater experience of what comes with that. And part of that process is to begin now to move beyond the barriers, the limitations, the restrictions, the illusions that we've chosen into. If you can really understand and get what I'm saying here, you realize you've always been the one with the authority and the power. You have always been the one with the authority and the power. All you've done is chosen to experience this realm of time and space. That's it. You have freely chosen to experience the mind, the emotions, the unconscious, the subconscious, the imagination, the physical body. It was a free choice. You chose to do that. And it was God who gave you the choice. And you chose freely. Remember that. You've always had the freedom. You have always had the freedom. And as you awaken to that freedom once again, you will begin to awaken to know the power has always been with you. The authority has always been with you. It's never left. You simply have forgotten about that because as you made the choice to come into this land of illusion, these mirrors, the smoke and mirrors, kind of blinded you. They let the memory of that greater light, that greater power that you are, just fall asleep. It's as simple as that. You fell asleep. And so now as you choose to awaken through that freedom of choice, you begin to awaken. You begin to really experience now that which you've come from. It is simply a choice. And as you keep choosing that, that power within you that has always been there begins to simply come awake. Sometimes you may hear that as reclaiming your power, of empowering yourself, of taking your authority or taking your power back from where you've placed it in the world. Those are all simply names to describe that process of the soul awakening to the knowing of itself. To know thyself to claim to acknowledge the divine within. And the more you claim and acknowledge that, the more that power awakens, the more it is revealed to you, the more you know that. And the more you know that, the more you choose. So simply keep choosing. And in the choosing, it'll continue to awaken. It's a very simple process of you choosing and then allowing that choice to now come back to you. 
you choosing and allowing that choice to come back to you, you loving God and allowing God to love you, you choosing God and allowing God to choose you. It's a very simple process. It's a circle of loving. It's a wonderful circle of loving. And the more you choose into that, the more you live that, breathing it in and breathing it out, the more it lifts you, the more you move into the greater fullness. And as that fullness within you expands, it begins to now dissolve all those limitations, all the illusions that you chose into. It's simply a choice. So now keep choosing the divine. Choose the greater expansion. Choose the greater freedom. Choose a greater experience of the loving. Even as I'm talking, even as you walk through the day with your eyes open, even during your meditation, make that your only choice. Make that your only choice. And in that, you'll get the greater fullness. In that, you'll get the greater experience. Anything short of that, just simply realize there's yet a part of you still asleep and still expanding through those experiences of the illusion. But if you choose the freedom, if you freely make the choice, that is what empowers you because you do have that authority to do so. And it is up to you to do that. Nobody can give that to you and nobody can take that away from you. It's your freedom of choice. And as you do that, you get the results. You get what goes with that. So as you keep choosing God, guess what? You get more of God. And that's a wonderful choice. And it's simply a process of repetition, of doing it daily, doing it throughout the day. Just as we came into these realms, we had to keep choosing into these realms to come into all the experiences that go with this world. So now do the same. It's a wonderful journey because as you now retrace your footsteps and your journey back home to God, you're going to go through yet the physical experiences that are for you to learn and experience. You're going to go through the realm of imagination and experience the fantasies, the expectations, the wants, the desires, the lusts, the greeds, all of that. But realize that's not what you want or need to choose now. It really is up to you to choose. If you choose not into the greeds, the lusts, the desires, the wants, that's your choice. Realize the freedom. If that's not what you want, say, I choose God. I choose the loving. I choose the freedom. I choose that greater joy that is of the Spirit. And every time you make that choice, you now have made a choice that is going to free you of those greater things that are in the world, in the imagination. And it will begin to carry you now into the realm of the emotions. And as you go through the emotions, the ups and downs, the rivers, the lakes, the meandering, peaceful quiet, the rough torrent rapids, you're going to go through all that, but just keep choosing the loving. Because every time you choose that, it begins to lift you beyond, to beyond all those levels, and then into the mind. Just simply choosing the loving. One of the things to pay attention to on this inner journey, that as you choose the loving, keep in mind that the Holy Spirit will begin to lift you through the realms to draw you back unto itself. And part of that journey is retracing now through those experiences, through those levels. And so as you experience those things of the body, the imagination, the emotions, and in the mind, just realize those are just simply experiences in those realms and those levels. And that is not you. You're not stuck. 
You don't have to believe and think this is how it's going to be. You don't have to live the mind. You don't have to live the emotions, imagination of the body. Keep choosing the loving. And the more you choose that, it'll continue to dissolve the illusion and you'll keep awakening and going higher beyond the mind now into the realm of unconscious. And at first you'll begin to go unconscious and fall asleep because that's what goes with that level. But in that, as you keep choosing God and keep choosing the loving, that loving will light the way. That loving will make conscious the unconscious that you can begin to see with clear perception that path through the unconscious, through that void, that dark realm, and into the land of the soul, into the first true pure realm of spirit as you just keep choosing. Well, we made it back to soul. And maybe I'll let Jim take you the rest of the journey. <laughs> well, it's interesting, you know, hearing Brian talk a little bit and what I saw in meditation. Oftentimes we think we are beginning a spiritual journey the moment we begin to sit down and meditate or we begin to go to church or we begin to do something that is called spiritual in nature. But in truth, we began a spiritual journey at the very moment God created our soul. And since then, our soul has been on a spiritual quest. And that quest has been to be one who wakes up into the divine knowing of self as God, as a part of the living essence of God, and to truly live that in its fullest by being an instrument of that loving. An instrument of loving is done so by being one who is totally focused on the Lord, loving God first and all, and being open and vulnerable to allow God's loving to come in and to fill you, and to be a living instrument, to be a living demonstration, to be a living manifestation of that loving. And that spiritual quest began the very moment that your soul came into being, and God began to love you. And in that loving, you began to move throughout all of God's creation to have experience, to have awareness of God's presence, of God's manifestation in the spiritual realms and even down into this physical creation that we're in now. This journey that you're on throughout this life, from this birth to the moment of your death, is a part of your spiritual journey. It doesn't begin at the moment of initiation or the moment you learn about prayer. It began a long time ago, and what you're experiencing here is just another part of this great book of life. Many years ago, when I was a child, I went up into spirit with a teacher, and he took me on a wonderful journey. We went up to a top of a mountain and entered into a cave, and there was this book. We walked up and I waited for him to open it and he said, no, you have to open that book. And I said, I have to, why? And he said, that's your book of life. You're the one who has to open that book. I cannot open it for you. It's not mine to open. And so I went over and I opened it and I began to look at my spiritual journey, at all of that I have experienced in my quest of coming into the fulfillment of myself as a loving essence of the Lord. 
and truly living that in its fullness. And as I turned page by page, I didn't see lifetime after lifetime. I saw experiences of me ever moving forward on this journey of understanding, on this journey of experience, on this journey of waking up and knowing who I am as a living child of God, as a living, loving essence of the Lord. And as I was turning the page, he finally stopped and he said, what do you think this book is? And I said, it's wonderful. It's fascinating. I want to remember all this. He said, there's nothing to remember because you're living it. Every day, every breath, you're living what you're reading. The experiences that you had at the very beginning of the book, live with you today, are an expression of you today. You're experiencing it, you're expressing it, and you're expanding all that that is your journey. You're expanding every moment, every experience into greater knowing, greater awareness, greater manifestation of the loving that you are. Even when you go into the darkest part of the journey, where things seem to be hellish, miserable, you feel so separated from yourself and from others and from God and from loving, that's a part of the journey as well. And that's some of the greatest part of the journey. Because in that part of the journey, you truly are learning what it's like not to live the truth of who you are and to live in the illusion. And in that journey in the darkest part of your life, in your darkest part of your experiences, is where you truly begin to search out the greater light, the greater loving, the greater truth that you are. So honor and love all of that that you are reading, all of that that you are seeing in all of these pages, and I said, why are you telling me that? He said, I saw what you did. The pages that were full of light and that were joyful and where it really made you feel the loving, you stayed with them and you looked at them and you absorbed more of the essence that was there. But those pages that had shadows and darkness and didn't represent to you that which you want to be, you turned past very quickly. He said, now go back and spend as much time with those that have the shadows and the darkness on them as you did with those that had the light and the loving. And learn from what that was and see what is the lesson there. So I began to turn the pages back until I got to some of those shadowed pages and I paused. And it was so funny because I was looking at the pages but at the same time there was a part of me that was waiting for him to say, okay, you can turn the page now. You know, I was just kind of waiting and hoping. And he finally said, we're not turning the page till you really understand until you really experience that which is here. Don't wait for me. It's up to you. And so finally I just relaxed and I decided I would just go for it. And I began to just be with the shadows and the darkness that was on these pages that was in front of me. And as I did the shadows rose up and began to try to take me over. And I began to be fearful that somehow I was going to lose the essence of the spirit that I was living in that moment. And that somehow I'd be drawn in to the page that was dark and gloomy and in separation from loving. So as it began to take over me, I began to feel myself shake and be fearful. And I began to find myself going into this prayerful state of crying out, help, help. I looked to the teacher 
inside and he wasn't willing to help me. And I looked out to God and I said, help, help. What do I do? I don't want to go back into this. I don't want to live this hell anymore. Suddenly something inside of me, not outside of me, inside of me said, then be the truth that you are. Be the divine, living, loving essence that you are. So I calmed down, I took a deep breath, and I began to center myself. And I began to hold my attention at the seat of the soul, at the spiritual eye center, and I just began to say to God, I love you, I love you. And whatever I am to experience here now, I do it in loving. I do it in loving of you. I do it in loving with you. And I invite you into this experience with me so that I truly know the loving in this experience. At that moment, everything went dark. And I thought, oh, shit, it didn't work. <laughs> I thought, no, I've done it. I've lost. This is it. I went deeper and deeper into the darkness. And it was so dark, I couldn't see the book. I couldn't see the cave. I couldn't see the teacher. I was just in total darkness. In the darkness, I began to move into a sense of separation because there was nothing there. I couldn't see anything, and I realized I wasn't feeling anything either. I couldn't feel loving. I couldn't feel fear. I was feeling nothing. And then I went, oh, I know where I am. I'm in the unconscious. I've entered into the realm of the unconscious where there is nothingness. As I went into that, I began to see a dim, dim light starting to show up. And as I looked through this realm of unconscious, of this place of nothingness, this void, I began to see all these different people, souls, sitting around, laying down in deep, deep meditation. And they were just kind of floating there in the nothingness, in this state of meditation. And I'm looking around, and nobody has their eyes open, nobody's aware. They're all just in this state of peace and quiet, of the nothingness. And so I started to close my eyes. I thought, oh, I guess I should do that too, because that's what everybody else is doing. So I started to close my eyes, and I could feel the nothingness starting to come in, where I would just merge into that nothingness, and I realized, I don't want that. I don't want to go into unconsciousness. I don't want to go into nothingness. I want to stay present so I can be in loving with the Lord. So I opened my eyes, and I looked around, and the light started coming back a little bit. It was just very dim, very, very faint, but you could see these beings as the light got a little bit brighter out, all these souls just being in meditation in the nothingness. So I looked around and I said, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be like them in this state of peace that they think they're in, which is really just nothingness. And so I began to go back inside and I began to call out to God, God, what do I do? And God inside said, find me here. Where am I in this state of nothingness? And immediately I started looking out going, okay, where are you? You know, like this. And that's what we always seem to do down here too. We're always looking for the answer out here. We're always looking for God out here. It's out here somewhere. Well, I know better than that. But there I was in the state of unconsciousness and I was looking out, okay, where are you? Where are you? And then I realized, wait a minute, that's the game I don't want to fall for. That will get me back in the trap. So I went back inside and I said, I know where you are, Lord. I know where you reside. <laughs> 
You dwell within me. You are that divine spark that gives me life, that gives me expression, that gives me opportunity to wake up into the fullness of you, myself. And as I began to realize that and wake up into that, I began to rise up, 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 up. And as I did, I went back into the cave, or I guess I woke up in the cave, I'm not sure, all of a sudden I was in the cave, and there was a book in front of me, and in the pages of this dark, gloomy, shadowy place, there was a scene, and it was of me floating in this unconscious place, eons and eons ago, just floating there, floating there, floating there. I had been in the nothingness. I was one of these that had been in meditation and come to this place that so many people in this world think as of bliss, as Buddha consciousness, as the place of the ultimate. I had been there myself and come to that place where I thought I had reached the ultimate and that this was God. And as I watched the pages, I looked and I saw someone walking through this unconscious place. And he would go around, and not with everybody, but with a few people that were in meditation, he would walk up and he would touch them on the third eye and just keep walking. And those that opened their eyes, those that actually had enough awareness to feel that and open their eyes to see what was that, what's going on, he would finger to them, come, come with me. And those that did get up and follow, he led them on up above the unconscious and into the first elements of the soul realm to wake them up into the reality that there was something greater than where they were. To realize that there is an existence beyond this nothingness that they thought was a state of bliss, a state of God. And I watched and I saw when he walked by this one and when he touched that person's third eye, I felt it. I felt it right here. And I realized what I was witnessing was myself in that state of unconsciousness being led higher into a greater state of knowing. And I realized in that moment that that's what all of us are looking for. We're waiting for that touch, that touch of loving, that divine moment where we begin to feel the call to go higher within ourselves. And it begins within. It isn't something out here. It's a stirring that takes place inside. So in that, as I began to turn the pages again, he asked me, he said, do you know what you're looking at? And I said, well, you said it was the book of my life. And he said, but what else would you call this? And I go, I don't know. And he said, it's your Bible. This is your Bible, your holy book. This is the story of the life quest of your soul from its very beginning to the very end of its quest and when it returns back into the oneness with God. And I said, can I look at the last page then? And he said, you know the last page. You're living the last page. You are the last page. Why do you need to look at that? And he said, what you're to do is to go out and help people realize that they are the holy book of themselves. 
they are living the journey. That just as the Bible tells the story of a journey of one soul from its time of awakening at the moment of its creation to the time of its ascension back into the awakening of a oneness with God, so each of us have our own sacred book of our own journey of our own soul. And it's not to look outside and try to emulate someone else's journey, but rather to find and honor and respect and love our own. And as he said that, I realized something, that I had begun to really look deeper into churches, into different spiritual practices that churches were presenting, reading the Bible, studying the path of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and trying to emulate it, trying to to do that, to try to find a greater sense of God and loving in my life than I knew. And I realized that in the moment that he was sharing that with me, that it wasn't for me to follow in Jesus' footsteps, but rather to walk the path that I am to walk, that God has destined for me. God has a path for each of us to walk, for each of us to journey upon, to have experience on. And each one is different. And it's for us to honor our differences and to honor our experiences and to stay present with those experiences that are taking place right now and to learn from them, to grow from them, not to become one who does not want to take responsibility, who does not want to have experience, but to be one who truly walks with loving, with awareness, with gratefulness for anything and everything. I learned that when I had cancer, when I was laying there in the hospital and the doctor came into me to share with me the diagnosis. When I heard the words, you have cancer, there was a part of me that sort of jumped a little bit with joy, and I don't even know why, other than there was a part of me that was grateful that I was on a new experience, a new journey, a new opportunity. I would have to say a little bit, though, there was a part of me that thought, well, maybe this is my way out. Maybe I can now go on into spirit. I'm done here in this physical form, and I can journey elsewhere. So that may have been a little bit a part of the the jump of joy in me. But I also know that there was a jump of joy in me for the opportunity to move into experience of greater awareness, of greater knowing, of loving in illness, of loving in this part of the journey of life. And we all have it in some form or another. No body has a perfect body. We all have our aches and our pains, our complaints, our situations, our illness, our problems. We all do. If we walk through life ever complaining about them, the complaining builds an energy that just compounds upon itself and makes the situation more challenging, more difficult, more painful, whatever it might be. And that's not just with our body. That's in life situations as well. If we're ever complaining about our boss, about our neighbor, about our wife, about our children, about whatever, that energy of complaining builds and builds and builds and has a power of its own eventually that seems to run us, that seems to take over us. And it's up to us to begin to stop that action, 
to stop giving life to that existence of our beingness and to choose something different. As I was laying in bed and the doctor was talking to me, I could really feel two things going on inside of me. This little wiggle of joy inside of me, like, oh boy, oh boy, what will this be like? What's going to happen now? And this other part of me that wanted to go into complaining, poor me, what's wrong? What's going on here? I've had so many problems in this body. What's going on now? Why do I have to go through this? And I could feel I had a choice in that moment. I could go into poor little me and start crying and complaining to the doctor and, oh, why is this going on? Or I could look into the experience and the opportunity and move in a different direction than I might have otherwise done so. And I decided to go for the higher road, for the spirit of loving, and to do the action of loving in this experience, realizing this is just a part of the journey of the soul that I am, and this is an experience that my soul had chosen into before it even incarnated here long, long ago. This was part of the journey that God had laid it out for it. And I was going to walk through this part of the journey in loving, in gratefulness, in gratitude. And I began that journey very well. And I went through the next nine days in the hospital very well, just really living the joy of the moment. Whatever the tests were, whatever... It was an adventure, and I approached it as an adventure, and it was. Then after I got out of the hospital, everything seemed to change. That hospital was like a little cocoon. It was a safe haven. But when I got out into the world, I had many more things pushing at me that I didn't have in my little cocoon called a hospital room. And... I had a lot of things inside of me then begin to stir into disturbance. And I found myself doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do, which was begin to complain. I began to get upset and to get mad. And why? Why is this happening? Why do I have to go through this? The more I did that, the more challenging my life began to be. The more I began to go into my separation from my loving, the more I began to live in my darkness. And I remembered one day, weeks after all this complaining, all this darkness started to encase me, I remembered in my prayer, in my meditation, that day when I was standing before the book of life, my life, and I turned to those dark pages and I tried to pass over them very quickly and didn't want to look at them, didn't want to know what they were about. And I realized that's what my complaining was right then. I was trying to turn this page quick. And I was complaining that it wasn't moving very fast. I could stay in my joy for nine days in the hospital, but for 90 days, for nine months, I don't think so. And I began in that prayer, in that meditative state, to look at those pages and realize that in the dark pages was the greatest light. Not in the pages where all the light and everything was ease and bliss and loving. The greatest light was really in the darkness. That's where I had gained the greatest wisdom, the greatest understanding, the greatest truth, and the greatest expressions of loving was in those darkness. And so I looked 
after that day in my meditation, I looked at the cancer and I looked at the situations around me and I began to love it all once again. And as I did, I witnessed something very profound. What was making it difficult for me was all the people around me that were feeling sorry for me. Looking at all these people that thought I was going to die soon. Looking at all these people and putting their stuff on me. Well, you've got to take this. Well, you've got to go over here. Well, why aren't you doing this? And I realized that in the hospital, I didn't have that. I was in my hospital. A few people were coming to visit. But everybody was just adjusting to the fact that I was ill, that I had cancer. They hadn't started to create in their own minds my scenario of my life and how I was to now live it. But out in the world now, my boss was telling me one thing. The people I worked with were telling me another. I had friends that were telling me about different cures that they knew of, that they knew it would work. I had my mother knowing I was going to be in the grave very soon. My father was upset that my mother was upset about me dying. My brother was complaining that I was taking too much attention away from his situation. <laughs> and he's 13 years older than me. <laughs> All these things. And then I realized, oh my God, no wonder I'm upset. No wonder I'm complaining. I've got all these different scenarios being put upon me, laid at my feet that I'm supposed to walk, that I'm supposed to do. And none of them match. And none of them are going to work because they're not who I am. They're not a part of my journey. This is their willfulness, maybe their journey that they're trying to put on me and say, this is how you're supposed to live your life. So I told everybody to back off. I literally did. I didn't say it in a cruel way, but I did say, I'm sorry, but I'm not doing it that way. I'm sorry, but you don't know what the experience is for me right now. So don't put words on it. Don't put words in my mouth and say, this is what you must be feeling. You do not know. And I just began to love God once again. In my meditations, in my daily life, I put God first. And I had not been doing that for those so many days. You know what I was putting first? My cancer, my body, my process of my complaining. And God wasn't in any of that. So I began to put God first and my loving of God first in everything. And then I did another thing. I began to love the God that was in the cancer. Because remember, everything that exists in all of creation is God in manifestation. Is God in manifestation. And so I began to love God that is in the cancer. That frequency of the Lord that is the loving, that is misunderstood. And because of that misunderstanding of the loving was, in a sense, misexpressed. And as I began to love that, which is God and the cancer, I began to find my peace. And I began to find, once again, that wiggle of joy that I had in the moment that the doctor said, Jim, I've got something terrible to tell you, and I don't know how to tell you other than to say, that you have cancer. And it was so funny, it was the word terrible that made the joy jump up. Like, oh, okay, you know? Like somebody was saying, we're going to go on vacation. <laughs> it 
So I let that wiggle of joy be my guide. And if I lost it, I knew I wasn't on track with where I needed to go. I kept looking to that place where that movement of joy first took place when I heard the doctor's voice say those words. And I realized that that jiggle of joy was God's loving moving in me, God loving me in that moment, saying, Jim, I'm with you all the way. I'm right here. Don't forget where I am. Don't forget me in this. I'm in this journey with you because this is my journey. I want to have this experience. Let's go through this. Let's do this. But do it in the awareness of me. And I found God living every step, every moment that I went through the process with this cancer. Through the chemotherapy, through the radiation, I learned so much. And I'm sharing this with you because we each have our dark times. We each have our challenging moments. And it's up to us as to how we're going to live them. But oftentimes, we fall into the patterns that the world has taught us to live. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor you. Oh, this. Oh, that. And we complain. And we build the complaining until it has a life of its own. And then it just runs and runs and runs. And we wonder why our life isn't what we want it to be. It's because we have allowed ourselves to be encased in the darkness and not look to the light that is present, no matter where we are. If you're in the midst of a dark place in your life, if you've opened the book of life and you found what feels like not just a page or two, but a long chapter of darkness, begin to look on those pages of life. Begin to look into that darkness that you seem to be experiencing and find the light. Don't look and find more darkness. Don't look and focus on the darkness. Look to find the God in it as well. Find that light. Find that loving. Find that jiggle of joy for whatever this is about. Because God's in there somewhere laughing at it all, going, but this is so much fun. We're learning so much. We're really learning about the power of creativity, the power of joy, the power of enthusiasm, the power of loving, the power of forgiveness, the power of acceptance, the power of the spoken word. We're learning so much. And we're going, this is miserable. This is terrible. Why do I have to go through this? Why me? Why me? Why me? Because the me that is in you, that is God, is saying, because this is what I have chosen to live in and through you in order for me to come to the greater knowing of myself and all of creation. So don't look into poor me, but rather look and see the true me, the loving me, the soul that has right now a purpose in God's journey. And realize that wherever you are in your life, whether you're meditating, whether you're praying, whether you're doing anything spiritual or not in your life, you are on a spiritual journey. You are on a spiritual quest. And that divine spark of God in you, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, is having experience and is waking up into the greater knowing of self. Whether it be in the actions of being an atheist, an agnostic, 
a devout person, a fanatic, or whatever gamut of the spectrum of life you're on, it's God on a spiritual quest of experience in all levels of creation. Now, how do you ever get to that place where you can know that yourself so that you can truly live it in the fullness rather than just hoping that it's so because somebody says so? It's really connecting to that divine within you. And that's done in meditation. It's not done out in the world. It's sitting down and going inside to that place where God resides and truly connecting into that. And then you can face the storms of life in a way that you might not otherwise be able to do so. It's an amazing place to live, God first and God only, and know that that's all there is, that this is God in manifestation, in spiritual journey, in spiritual experience, and we are all a part of God experiencing here. God asked us long ago in the realms of spirit, would you now make a greater journey, you the soul, and go into these realms to have experience there so that I, the Lord in you, can have that experience and in that experience come into the greater knowing of myself and to bring that which is the divine loving into all of my creation and to manifest it fully by loving you, the soul, in these levels as well. And when God asks something, you don't say no. You go, sure, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. Whatever. Where are we going to go? And God goes, I'll take care of the journey. You just begin walking. And I'll lay out the path for you. And you just stay on that path. Okay, Lord, where's the path? Oh, there it is. Okay. And off you go. And you start walking it and walking it and walking it. And for a long time, the journey is a lot of fun because the journey is taking you through the realms of spirit and you're experiencing all the divine aspect of God, the loving and the joy and the peace and the bliss, the grace and the compassion, the forgiveness, the understanding, the truth, the manifestation of all that is of God. And then all of a sudden this path seems to go off a little bit, off into another place. It's a dimmer place. It's a different place. But it's a place that the path is taking you upon. And at first you get right up to the place where you're stepping into something different and strange, little more shadowy and dark than where you have been before. And there's a part of you that turns around and goes, Lord, are you sure? I mean, you know, this doesn't look right. And God goes, yeah, that's right. Keep on going. That's the next part of your journey. Let's go together. Let's go and have this experience now. And down you go into the realms of this creation, the void, the earth that was spoken about in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. God sent down the soul of our beingness into this that was the void, into this that was the nothingness, to have experience here and to learn the greatest part of our spiritual beingness. To truly 
manifest creatively, to create, to create lovingly, and to create with awareness and purpose and responsibility. And in that action of creation, come into the greater divine knowing of self and live that divine self in its fullness and then leave here. So if you stop and think for a minute that in the beginning, all this and all that is of the physical universe, the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the physical realms, it was void. There was nothing, just like I described earlier when I talked about being in that void and it was dark and then there was a dim light and then there were these souls just floating in the nothingness, in the bliss of nothingness. There was nothing here. And it wasn't until the souls came into this nothingness and began to experience and through that experience create and imagine and believe and move and do that things began to come into its fulfillment and manifest itself here. So everything that exists here, everything on all levels of this creation is here because soul came into here and created all this. So God in you created this wonderful place. Well, Jim, this isn't a wonderful place. What are you talking about? Look around. Look what people are doing to people. Look what's happening to this planet today. You're saying this is a wonderful place? Yes. This is a wonderful place because we as souls in this level of creation are learning about the power of creativity and the use and the misuse of it. And we are seeing a living demonstration on this planet now as no other human beings on this planet have ever seen it. We are now witnessing for ourselves the power of creativity and the use and the misuse of that power. What is the power of creativity? Loving. God is loving. And everything that comes out of loving is still loving. Creative action is loving. When we see things that are not in harmony with that movement of loving that is soul of us, what we are witnessing is a missed expression of that divine element that we are. So why is it that we have such a mess when we as souls came down here out of the realms of pure spirit, knowing ourselves as one with God, just skipping through the universes of God, having a good time. Oh, let's go over to peace right now. Oh, yes. Oh, and there's joy. Oh, yes, let's be in joy. And then all of a sudden we're down here and we're going, what? What? What am I supposed to do here? There's nothing here. And the divine in you says, well, create something. Create something? Well, I kind of remember something up in the other places I was at. I'll see if I can create that. And we create it, but we don't create it perfectly. And so then we try to create it again. And we create another part of it, but it's still not perfect. That's what this world is. It's ever the soul trying to create what it remembers, but it isn't perfect. It isn't the perfection of God. Because we are ever doing it outside of ourselves. And then we look outside of ourselves to see, is that perfect? Is that true? Is that God out there? 
Did I do it? And after a while, we forgot even about our own power of creativity. We forgot that we are living, loving expressions of God, that we are here to manifest loving in creative ways, and we just kept looking outside of ourselves for understanding and for truth and for God and for a way home. If we really want peace in this world, it's up to us to find it within ourselves and not to try to make it happen in this world. One day, all the souls that are in this creation now will withdraw from this creation, and this creation will go back into the void that it was, and that really it is right now. There's really nothing here right now except for the souls that are here. And for the reality of misexpressed and expressed loving called creativity. And there will be a day when all the souls that have come down to this creation to have experience will have completed their journey in this realms of the physical universe, of this physical creation. And all the souls will withdraw and there will be nothing left here because we are the ones who created this We are the manifestors of all that is of this creation. We have given the void life and expression. And when souls leave here, it will be void once again. It will be nothingness. So as you move through this creation, what are you to do? Be responsible for your own creations. Not everybody else's, just your own. Be responsible for your beliefs for your actions, for your reactions. Be responsible for your expressions of loving. Be accepting and forgiving of yourself and begin to live that more each day until finally with each breath and with each moment you are that living, loving essence of the Lord that you are. You're not responsible for anyone else in this creation or anything else in this creation. You are only responsible for your own soul and for your own creations as a soul. The moment you begin to take responsibility, the moment you begin to live that loving rather than judgment or fear or separation, you begin to move into the next page of the journey of your book of life. And that page begins to be a greater page of light, awakening, awareness. And you begin to move out of those dark chapters, those dark pages that you've been wandering through in a state of unawareness, in a state of forgetfulness. Because that's all that's happened. You, as the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord, your soul, has just looked away from its source, looked away from the divine that it is, and forgotten its truth, and has believed the illusion that we as the souls have created. We've created all this, and now we believe it to be true. And we're ever questing after more and more of it. More money, more sex, more wine, more whatever. More, more, more. It's to begin to be more centered once again, to get centered in the truth of who you are and to live in that simplicity. God is so simple. Loving is so simple. The truth is so simple. 
Find that place of simplicity inside yourself. Live that simple way. Let go of the things of this world that are ever calling you outside of yourself, calling you away from your own truth. I learned that when I realized I did not need to believe what my mother and my father were telling me, what the doctors were telling me, what my friends were telling me to do. I did not need to believe any and all of that. All I had to do was go inside and live the truth that I know to be true for me, my truth, my loving, my essence. And when I did that, understanding, clarity of the path that I was to walk came present. And I found that I was walking that path, doing the things I needed to do to take care of this body, as well as to take care of my soul. The wisdom came from within. The knowing came from within. The direction came from within. Not outside. Not one person in the world told me how to do this, how to walk it. I got it from inside. And that's where we are to go to find our own direction, our own truth, our own wisdom. It's not in anybody else. You can walk up to a stranger on the street. You can go to a priest at a church. You can sit at the table of a professor. You can sit at the table with your mate and ask all of them the same question and get a different answer. And you're going to walk away confused. What do I do? What's my truth? What do I believe? I don't want to do any of it the way they said it. But each one of them makes so much sense. It almost sounds like it could work. Well, I'll try what my professor said first. And off you go walking, doing what they said. And three days out, you're going, boy, this isn't working. This is miserable. I don't think I want to do it his way. Okay, well, I'll try my mate's way. And off we walk, doing it their way. Well, we do it for six days. We do it a little longer because we have them standing over our shoulder going, oh, oh, you're going to do it my way? Okay, well. (laughs) But finally, somewhere along the journey we go, you know, I can't do it your way either. I'm sorry, I love you, but I just can't do it. It doesn't work for me. And finally we realize there's got to be a place where the truth lies. Where is it? It's inside. We've got to start listening to that which is inside of us and trust it and believe it and begin to walk its truth rather than somebody else's. And every time I do that, I walk right into the greater joy, the greater purpose of my life, the greater fulfillment and expression of the loving that is God in me. And every time I listen to somebody else and follow after that which they tell me to do, I find myself in separation from my loving, from my truth, and I'm not really walking the path that was laid out for me by God so long ago. I'm now following in somebody else's footsteps. This is what I should do. And there I go off on their path, not on mine. So I guess if I were to wrap all this up in just a few words, it would be take time every day to get in touch with your own truth, with your own loving, with who you are as soul. So many years ago, when I was nine years old, ten years old, a teacher came to me and he asked me a question. 
Fortunately, I had the answer. Because years earlier, a teacher had asked me the same question, and I answered it wrong. And he asked me again, and I answered it wrong. And I answered it again, and he said, that's wrong too. Until finally, I said, well, then what's the answer? And he said, that's for you to find out. I'll keep asking until you tell me the truth. And I said, well, stop asking me then, and let me find out what the truth is. He said, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of your learning of the answer. And the question was, who are you? Who are you? Well, I'm Jim Gordon. Well, who are you? Well, I'm Jim Gordon. But, but who are you? Well, I'm Jim Gordon and I was born in San Antonio. I mean, that's what I did. I was just taking it literally. Thinking of myself as a physical body in a physical form in a physical universe and describing all these things of who am I? Well, I'm a student at Delview Elementary School. No, who are you? Finally, when I told him to stop asking me the question, I realized I really had to do a search of finding the answer of who am I? And that began me on a quest of discovering more about who I am as soul, of who I am as spirit, of who I am as a divine, living, loving expression of God and his creation. And so at the age of nine or ten, when this teacher came forward, a different teacher, and said, so who are you? I had an answer. I said, I'm a child of God. And he said, come, child of God, come. We are going to go on a greater journey now. We are going to see where have you come from and where are you going. That's the book of life. The book of life first reveals to you who you are, a soul, a child of God. And the pages beyond that first page that reveals to you who you are tells you where you came from, you came from the living, loving essence of the Lord as a full manifestation of that. And where are you going? You're going into the fulfillment of that divine, living, loving essence of the Lord that you are and joining back into union once again in that divine that you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. If you can remember that, just once every day and bring it more and more present every day. All that energy of disturbance and complaining and darkness and challenge will begin to melt away because God's light disperses the darkness. God's light and God's loving dispels everything that is not loving, transforms it back into loving. So the more you begin to hold your focus on God that you are, soul, and on loving, the more that loving begins to transform your existence. But the way you begin to do that is a simple way. You have to put loving into action. Loving exists only in action. Loving is ever moving, ever expressing, ever doing. So you as that divine living loving essence of the Lord have to begin to manifest it consciously, lovingly expressing it. Love the Lord. Love God with all your mind, body, and soul. Love the Lord in every moment, in every breath, 
in every day of your life, love the Lord. And in those moments, also be open to receive God's loving so that you begin to live in that divine flow of love, that you're now living in the movement of loving that is ever in expression that you have just separated yourself from. And you begin doing that by loving this moment and loving God in this moment and loving God in the next moment and loving God in the next moment and letting the loving that is expressed in you to God begin to transform everything. And the way that transformation takes place is because God's loving now can join with you in that journey. And it's God's loving you that transforms everything in you and around you. And yes, you may break a toe. You may lose a tooth. You may need to wear glasses. You may even get cancer. But you'll love it just as you've loved everything else once you're now living that journey. You'll love it. And there'll be a little shaking here and there, and there'll be a little disturbance here and there. It'd be great if we could really just step into the presence of God in us and live it fully and never separate ourselves from it again. But as long as you've got a physical body and it's part of this creation with the imagination, the emotion, and the mind running, there'll be moments where you're going to go, God, why are you doing this to me? Oh, I'm sorry. I love you, Lord. (laughs) It just is the way it works here. But let that be okay. Love it all. Love who you are and love how you are every moment. And the loving will transform it all. And so just fidget, move around, whatever you need to do to physically bring yourself relaxed and comfortable so that the body is not a distraction, but simply allowing it to support you as you now bring your focus inward and upwards to the spiritualized center, just simply allowing your attention to gather here. And as it gathers, just observing that movement of the divine. Just allow yourself to perceive and experience God's light and sound as it come forward through that action of loving. Just acknowledge the divine presence as you allow yourself to move into that greater oneness and that loving with God. You may begin to see a purple or white light or maybe even begin to hear that song of love, the hue, or simply just a tone as that voice of God comes present within. The more you allow your consciousness to relax, just allow yourself to awaken, to become more and more aware of the divine within. 
just now within yourself. Create that space, that invitation, asking God to come present within you, blessing you and loving you. Just simply being vulnerable and open to receive God's loving as God wishes to share. And now also, begin to share your loving with God, letting God know your love, your caring, your joy of being. So just share your beingness and loving with God now, as you have received, also now give, so that truly you allow the direct relationship to become alive and awake within you. And so now, in this flow of loving, just allowing this movement of the receiving and the giving, the sharing of loving between you and God to continue as we go deeper within to the greater experience. And to assist in that process, just allow those sacred names, that loving sound of God, the song of the hue, to come present within your consciousness now. And as it continues to move forward within, we're going to sing the hue out loud, just allowing the power of the name, which is God's loving, to build within us. And so just take in a deep breath, and on the exhale, we'll begin. Continue the chanting, those sacred names within, allowing this inner process to begin to open, that as you continue focusing into the spiritualized center, you allow yourself to experience that divine movement, allowing God to love you and to lift you, cleansing and bringing to balance all that which is in the inner kingdom allowing the soul to come free of all attachments and expectations of the world so that it may stand free and clear within the heart of God. And so now continue that inner journey of living the loving 
on that inner path, looking to the greater light within and allowing the soul now to journey within into the realms of spirit and that loving current of God's truth. So just following that now, letting go and letting God, experiencing that movement of the divine.
And so now, just begin to see yourself as that radiant light, that child of God, standing in the realm of the Spirit, being one in that loving. And in this awareness, just now look down towards the physical level. And as you look, allow that light of your loving to go before you, creating a clear path of light and sound, allowing this brilliant light and sound now to travel from the very heart of your soul all the way through and into the physical body at that spiritual eye center. And see this light as it moves down through the levels, as it creates this clear, brilliant pathway. See it bringing those elements of the mind, the emotions, and the imagination into a greater alignment and balance. And as this comes into the greater alignment and balance, begin to see how that light of loving arranges it to support you as you live your life on the soul's journey through all realms and all consciousness, that truly you live that light of the soul, that all that you experience is in alignment and attunement with this movement of loving. And as you see this alignment taking place, just know that as you live this loving alignment, that through all of your deeds, your thoughts, your feelings, that all is in alignment with the greater will of God. To know that all the experiences that you walk through are assisting you in your coming to the greater awakening of the knowing of the divine. And in this greater knowing, once again, look up into the soul that you are and know that you are divine, that you are that living, loving essence of the Lord made in his image. And in this knowing, just allow that loving light to shine, to allow yourself to experience that greater fullness and oneness with the true self, that which is the soul.
And in the soul consciousness now, once again look up. Look up high above through the realms of spirit. And as you look up, begin to notice the greater light that is God. And in this greater light, open to receive God's love, allowing that loving to lift you up and to draw you near its source. So just now, continue the inner journey, allowing that light and loving of God now to lift you as the soul into God's very heart as you travel higher into the realms of pure spirit.
And so now, just simply awaken and know that you and God are one. And live in this oneness and be in this oneness. Where there is no separation. Just a pure movement of loving. Where you and God are one. So in this state of oneness, allowing your awareness to remain expanding now, becoming aware of all of God's creation, allowing that movement of loving to simply carry you and to expand you in that divine inner knowing. And from this place, allowing the current of life to move you in and through every experience and every realm and every level, simply allowing God's loving expression to move you through that state of beingness. And so now just allow that loving to carry you as it expands, bringing you present and aware and awake on all levels, on all realms, including the physical at the seat of the soul. And so in that awareness, becoming more present and aware at the seat of the soul, that spiritualized center, just begin to open your physical eyes. 
maintaining that inner awareness and experience of the divine. <laughs>